Hi, I'm Terry Naturally. And I'm Dr. Lynn Wagner. And I have over 50 years of experience and knowledge in health and nutrition. And I'm a medical doctor with a passion for holistic health. We come together to offer you unique viewpoints and expertise as health advocates around topics that deal with today's health concerns. And always for your good health. So let's get into today's topic. Hey, Dr. Lynn, I'm really glad we're back together again. And you know, there's some very exciting things happening today in mental health. You know, this world is crazy. It's a mad, mad world. And people are suffering physically. But I think a lot of people are suffering mentally as well. And I know that you have a huge passion of helping people that have mental health issues. And, you know, I'd like to just hear what you have to say about what people can do today uh, to be mentally and physically fit. I, I totally agree with you. First of all, it's great to see you again. Um, and I do have a huge passion for mental health. And I think what I keep seeing is that we've, we're focusing so much on the body and illness and disease and preventing these physical problems. But in reality, the majority of what's happening to a lot of people right now is, is mentally based illness. And it's people, and that's a silent suffering type of illness. So people don't talk about it as much. It's not as fun to talk about it. It's not as popular. Yeah, a lot of these people with depression and, and SAD, the seasonal disorder, uh, has doubled in the last 10 years. That and, and suicide rates. That has gone up skyrocketing. Skyrocketed. I mean, I don't know the exact percentages of the statistics this year, but we know that that's on the rise. And we know people don't talk about it as much. I mean, my husband and I always talk about how, you know, you'll see an obituary and, and no one ever mentions. Died suddenly at 16. Yes. You know, right, right. I can always suspect what that's going to be. Right, for sure. And I think, you know, a lot of there's such a stigma about it. And someone who's never been with someone who's mentally ill or personally experienced mental illness, I think it's really easy to either ignore it or chalk it up that, oh, that person's just crazy. You know, I have some very good friends, dear friends, and they lost a loved one, their their child, to suicide. And when the coroner came over to go through, you know, taking taking him to the funeral home, uh, he told the father, he said, suicide in this community is up 30%. 30%. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. That that actually goes along with, um, I was talking to a paramedic recently when I was working in, in urgent care and... He said that calls, I was saying, oh, you know, are the calls up a lot because of this pandemic? Are you seeing a lot of more activity in, in your with the ambulance? And he said, well, actually, most of the activity that's gone up is because of, of mental health problems or substance abuse, which falls under the mental health category. Right. So so it's a huge problem. Um, and, and I know I've shared with you, if if you, you listeners haven't listened to one of our previous episodes, that, you know, my journey into integrative medicine was really based on mental health in myself personally. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about it because, you know, I started experiencing depression after the birth of my first daughter. So it was, it was called postpartum at that time. Um, but then it became longer than postpartum for me. Um, and, and if I had stayed in the world of Western medicine and just treated it as depression, I would be on lifelong drugs and probably never actually really felt great or felt like myself. It was, it was me having to discover that food, nutrition, exercise, healthy forms of exercise, not just hardcore cardio exercise, um, all these different things, supplements, keeping my vitamin levels good, getting rid of toxins in my life, like all those things literally decrease your brain inflammation and, and make that depression for me go away. But for some people, if it doesn't go away, 
hundred times better. So what got you to the point that you decided to look into other alternatives? It was really just kind of synchronicity for me. So it was a, it was a, I started going to Pilates classes. My Pilates instructor married a gentleman who does, um, some form of, some form of, um, energy healing. It's not Reiki, but something similar to that. Um, I, on my own, um, have always been interested in food and cooking, but I was more of like a, I would say standard American cook in the past. And so I got more involved in, um, nutrient dense style cooking and low inflammatory styles of cooking. Um, and so all those things kind of combined and came together. And then I would, I've told you this as well. I'd go to work in the ER and I'd have this patient come in who was so horribly inflamed and diseased on so many different levels. And I, it was such a disconnect. I'd say, how can we be doctors and not be addressing this big fat elephant in the room? And I'm not saying the patient was a big fat elephant, but you know, the, right. the disaster that we have right now, yeah. the disaster, it's, it's like, it's, it's horrible. So what would you say to someone who has, you know, they're, they're going through depression, they're on medications, um, if someone comes in to see you, you're conventionally trained as a physician, yes. you're a medical doctor, yep. uh, but you also have resolved your problems doing it and alternatively by diet and by exercise and by some supplements. So what do you say to a patient that's suffering from depression? Because they think that if they're on a drug, that's all they can do. Right. And I I mean, it's it really depends on their level of awareness um, and how sick they are. So the first thing I always tell them is, is you're not bad and you're not crazy. So, so right now I understand that the lens you're looking through at this world is different. You know, things look gray to you. You feel paranoid. You feel like everyone's out to get you or dark or unmotivated, whatever it is that their mental health is doing to them. It's okay. You're not bad. You're not crazy. Um, and then I really do a huge assessment on where they're at in life because if I just come out and say, hey, you know what, you can eat better and you can take supplements and we can get you off your drugs, that can be disastrous because you have to be careful with people because you don't want to um, you don't want to have them make sudden changes and then get to the point where they are suicidal. Right. So so I still use drugs. I mean, I still if I have patients who are really, really bad and they don't have the means to whether it's financially or just energy wise to make the changes they need to make quickly, we keep them medicated for a while, six months to a year. And and while they're medicated, we work on the food and we work on getting their, their levels of their vitamins optimized and taking some supplements that can help boost things and getting them exercising and then clearing out old baggage. Because a lot of people carry trauma that they've never resolved. They've never seen a counselor. They've never, they just stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff. And so I don't do all this with them, but I try to help them really just shine a light on the whole picture and then give them the resources to see who they need to see to get through things, if that makes sense. So do most, do most people kind of take it step by step? Yes. And are they, are they open to it? Are they willing to look at the next uh, ability of alternative medicines or there's got to be a better approach to it? Oh, for sure. And I would say, you know, I think as a whole, our society is becoming way more open to it. It's just more popular now. And I'm sure you would agree compared to when you first started doing Oh my this. gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> oh my when, gosh. When I first started nutrition, I mean, there wasn't much you could help I anybody with. and can't even imagine. Oh, it, it was. So people are hungry for it now? Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, And so that makes it easier. And then I'm biased because once someone comes to see me in my clinic, they've already really researched it and they are ready 
ready to make change. So right. I, I get a different part of the population. But I don't care who you are. You know, I always think about Lambeau Field. When you go to Lambeau Field and you see everyone tailgating and you see everyone in the stands at a big game, right? Yep. And you see what people look like. And, and, you're, like, like. and you're like, <laughs> this is Green Bay, right? This yeah. is Green Bay. No judgment. This is just the reality of this is what our population is like, right? Because I would say statistically, it's probably pretty right on. Um, I think, and I always think, you know, everyone in there is at a different level of change they need to make to become healthier. And I don't care if you are the most unhealthy, most broken, downtrodden individual, you can still make change. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. And I I think everyone deep down really wants to. It just, they're so disconnected. They don't know what it feels like to be alive. And they don't believe they can make change. They don't believe that if if, if I go through all this, is it really going to be a reward? Right. Or am I doing this for nothing? Or am I spending a lot of money to do it for nothing? Right. They have reasons that they don't want to try it because they don't know what's on the other side. Right. And and you're probably so used to, I mean, I was, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're probably so used to feeling really good and clear and energetic on a daily basis because you worked on this for so long. Um, but some of these people have felt sick and dull and dead inside and tired for years, right? Maybe even since they were a child. I mean, can you imagine if, as a child, you hadn't switched things around, how you'd feel today? Right. But you know, you can make changes in three months easily, yeah. easily ninety days. Easily. I mean, I feel I feel like I can make changes in days. You know, yeah. I have a bad weekend and and drink too much wine or eat carbs too much or an inflammatory style diet, and Monday I can tell, and by Tuesday, if I'd switched around on Monday, fifty yeah. percent better. Yeah, but you're starting off from a good base, too. But <laughs> right, when you take right. somebody that is in, in a hole and they're going to have to climb out of that hole, even even eight weeks to 12 weeks, they can see a huge difference Massive. if they want to have the discipline to do the things that actually will work. Uh, but they dabble at it and then they cheat and then they go backwards and they never go forward enough to make the big change. Right. <clears throat> right. I mean, cause it's so complex because you have to you have to think about all of your the people who surround you and your habits and your influences and your workplace. And there really have to be a lot of changes. Um, and it takes a strong individual. But but I think my message is to anyone, um, if you suffer from mental illness, if you suffer from depression, uh, anxiety disorders, I mean, that's probably even worse than depression right now. Right, it is. Because of all the fear that's going on. Um, There are ways that without changing anything around you, what's happening in the world, the pandemic, your family, your friends, your workplace, without changing anything, you can work on yourself and you can make all of that so much better. I agree. So much better. I agree. The first thing, though, is diet. 100%. You've got to change the food because sugar and carbohydrates really are toxic to the body. Toxic. And they that that affects the brain. It, it, uh, food chemistry affects body chemistry, and if it's bad food chemistry, you got a bad outcome in the body, either physically and mentally, or both. Right, and I think you know people don't even realize that something like a, you know, a snack cracker. I won't name a brand, but you know, you go down the cracker aisle at the grocery store, and you have all these different cracker brands. Those are all inflammatory foods. They oh, have yes. toxic fats. They have highly refined carbohydrates that aren't even anything close to that piece of wheat that they came from. Right. They're basically completely stripped down and then loaded with dyes and chemicals and preservatives. Right. So so how can your body possibly know what to do with that other than get sick and inflamed and 
toxic feeling. Right. All the carbohydrates, all the sugar, the vegetable oils. Right. Uh, and then stress. Um, all add to the mental decline, physical decline, and actually increase inflammation. So why why do people have arthritis? Why do they have cystitis? Why do they have all these itises? Because they're all inflamed. And while inflammation is good for us when we have an injury so that it can heal, right. but chronic inflammation because of the American diet being a chronic inflammatory diet. And I think one thing I like to ask people is, um, you know, ask yourself every day, when you first get out of bed and you're walking around and throughout the day when you're walking around, check in with your body and see what it feels like. Is it achy, tight? Is there pain? Those are all symptoms of inflammation. And if you can feel that in your musculoskeletal system, we can't feel what our brain feels like. We don't I mean, have any pain receptors no, there. So, but, but it's going to be the same. The same inflammation is going to be there in your brain. So if you have a mental health problem and you feel sad and droopy and down and your body's achy, it, it all makes sense. Right. And, and also, I think it's kind of a nice thing to, like, I always tell people, when people come to me and they're really, really in bad shape, I'm like, you know what? This is actually very exciting because you have so many things you can do and you have so many ways that you can feel better. Like, you have so far to go that you're actually at a good starting place. Right. Um, and so, you know, I ask people, like, just think about how your body feels and then Let's start making some slow, gradual changes to everything you do on a daily basis, from how much sleep you get, what time you wake up, what food you're putting in your mouth, how much water you're drinking, how much alcohol you're exposing yourself to and other toxins. Are you taking your vitamins? I mean, it's just, there's so many things people can do. So let's kind of lay out a protocol. Yeah, I love it. Of something that we could do. You know, first of all, I think everybody that's on medication or they're going to make some big changes, they should talk to their doctor first. Yes. And find out, you know, get a good diagnosis or find out what's going on. If you're on medication, don't go off the medication unless your doctor approves of it. Correct. But there are big, big changes that people can make slowly if it's necessary. But every day do something different. You know, get better sleep. We need good sleep. Uh, be more active. Get outside. Get some fresh air. Um, you just take a walk. Outside is plenty. Some people think they have to work out hard or something, but mm -hmm. it's not. It's just it's some of the very simple, basic things we need to get back to. Yep. And then diet is huge. Food is our best medicine. Um, you know, we've, we've lived here three million years on food. And just in the last 100 years, we've been inundated with drugs. And they think that healthcare in America is drug therapy. And it's not. We don't need drugs. Drugs are not health-promoting. Uh, they have a tremendous amount of side effects. And then there are some natural things that have been proven in some clinical studies that have been very effective for reducing anxiety and reducing depression, even even as effective as as Prozac or as other antidepressants. Well, I mean, I was naming some of those, you know, what I tell my patients is some of the ones that even in Europe, they use St. John's wort before they use oh, absolutely. SSRIs. There are the more St. John's wort sold in Germany than all the other SSRIs combined. Uh, yes, there, it has a tremendous effect, but now it's for mild to moderate depression. Right. Uh, it's not for severe depression. Uh, so I would, you know, be cautious. And and again, obviously, like you said, you talk to your doctor before you would just switch to St. John's. Oh, absolutely. I would. Yeah. But you can use them together mm -hmm. and the doctor could monitor what's going on. That's why it's always good to keep in touch with your doctor. But there are a lot of, you know, curcumin. There are studies on curcumin against Prozac and they both came out equally as good. And in the long run, 
uh, those that were on the Prozac had to go back on Prozac faster after the study was over. Those that were on the curcumin, uh, their effects were longer lasting. And there were no side effects. We're on the Prozac. We know. I mean, there's a long list of side effects long to list. Prozac and the SSRIs and all those. It's They're, they're dangerous. Then you can talk about saffron, mm-hmm. one of the most expensive spices in the world. Uh, but it also has some really good studies coming out on it. And then just people that have uh, anxiety. There is a very special form of echinacea that was studied in Budapest, Hungary, by two neuroscientists there uh, that work with aggressive behavior and have written textbooks on aggressive behavior. Uh, they studied over 300 different herbs and they came up with echinacea. Now, echinacea may be, you know, the people that use it, they know why they're using it. And everybody out there probably thinks, oh, yeah, I use echinacea because when I get a cold or flu, it's the first thing I grab for, you know, uh, relieving my symptoms and the duration and the severity of my, of my cold. But there are some very interesting compounds in echinacea that are not for cold and flu. They, one, the compounds for cold and flu are called polysaccharides. But there are some compounds in echinacea that are called alkamides. And alkamides are very similar to cannabinoids. And they affect the receptor sites in the brain to reduce anxiety. Very, very effective. Uh, so there are good things to use, and they are always safe to use with medication. Uh, I don't know of anything that's counter, uh, counterindicated Mm-mm. for these natural products. But again, talk to your doctor. Right. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. And, you know, people get really excited and they want to make change and they'll abruptly stop a drug. Um, or they won't talk to their doctor about starting a drug. And, and there's nothing wrong with using a drug, especially I tell my patients if they're in really bad shape, Sometimes you need it just to get that momentum moving forward. Right. Um, and so, but but the goal overall is, you know, what I try to do personally with my patients is we try to get them off as much as possible, even everything, if possible, um, in a safe way. Right. Um, and we use everything, everything that you've talked about, um, plus some more, plus the food and nutrition, plus just getting more sleep. I mean, we sleep two hours less now than we did in the 50s. Yep. And we haven't changed. We're still the same mammal. We're still yes. human beings. I try to still get seven to nine hours of sleep. So, for me too. And when it's I don't, easy. I can feel it. Me too. 100%. Yeah. But you know, if they cut a drug out of cold turkey, you know, that body has become adjusted to that drug. Right. And it responds that way. And when they stop at cold turkey, it's like pulling the rug out from under you. You can't stand up. Uh, so then try to get back with a few little natural products. Natural products don't have that they don't have the boom. For, yeah, it doesn't have that real, it doesn't grab you a day or two. Correct. It takes time it takes to nourish time. the body. Where drugs, bang, it's there. Well, and I would say, too, another thing I see with patients um, is if you're using natural products or food as medicine or movement to shift yourself, it's not a bam result. Right. That's where, and then people fall off the wagon because they're not getting it fast enough because we're such a fast get it now society. Right. Um, it takes time. It takes slow, gradual progression and time. And then, and then really one day you'll wake up and, you, and you'll feel it and you'll say, oh my gosh, it is finally working. And then you'll be motivated to continue on the process, but you have to kind of fake it until you make it for a while when you're making these natural changes. Right. But let's talk a little bit more about diet because I think people say, well, doctors say eat a balanced diet. What, what is a balanced diet? Um, I mean, do you stand on a balanced beam or <laughs> are you, do you try to stand on one leg? And then because it's unbalanced, so I'm eating this diet. What is a balanced diet? So 
You know, I've played with diets for a long, a long, long time. More, I, longer than I I've have. tried every diet in the world. I think I've been on a macrobiotic diet. I've been on a vegetarian diet. I've been on a vegan diet. I've been on every diet you can think of. And where I am now, I feel the happiest I've ever felt and the most complete that I've ever felt. And I'm on the ketogenic diet. I eat a lot of, I shouldn't say I eat a lot of meat. Meat is basic to my diet. I eat meat primarily, but I have some vegetables and um, I eat a lot of fat. A lot of fat. And that's what the ketogenic diet is. It's more fat than plant and more fat than than meat, but there's a lot of fat in meat. Um, but, you know, I use a lot of olive oil. I use a lot of other oils, good healthy oils like avocado, avocado or pecan oil. Coconut oil. Coconut oil, MCT oil. Mm-hmm. I, I have a shot of MC, MCT oil every morning because it's, it's keto. And it makes you go into ketosis faster and better. Um, you know, I've I read a lot of uh, information about what the ketogenic diet does to the brain. You know, first of all, it's been used primarily for epilepsy for over 100 years. So it has an effect on the brain some way. Mm -hmm. So it may also be an effect on the brain for depression or for anxiety. Um, You know, I did start off as healthy as I am today. I started off with a very, very bad health profile. And it changed through time. But, you know, I played with a lot of things to come to what I feel like is the best. And all I can offer that is to other people and say, this is what I use and it works fantastically. Try it. Try it for 30 days. Try it for 60 days mm-hmm. and see how how you feel. And, and you know, you got to trial and error a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's that's a great way to put it, is that there's trial and error. And I think um, if someone feels like what they're doing is getting too fancy, they're probably going down the wrong direction because diet's not that complicated. No, it's not. Very simple. It's very simple. It's just you have to eat food. Yeah. And you have to eat food in the right quantities. I think with ketogenic, you're going more towards a fat-based diet. I personally do um, a, a moderate <clears throat> fat diet, moderate protein, uh, probably more plants than what you do. Yeah. Um, but lower carb. So it's probably a, it's probably a blend between a keto diet and the Mediterranean diet. Just lowering the carbs down to at least 20 to 40 grams a day, not the 400 what Americans eat today. Right, right. But stay out of the grocery store area where you have to read the label. Right. Don't buy things with labels exactly, on. Exactly, right. You don't need any, you know, vegetables don't have a label on. Meat no. doesn't have a label on. Dairy doesn't have a label on. Nope. So pretty much you can eat those things that are unlabeled and really do fine. I agree. I agree. So... You know, uh, I think everybody has to find their own um, basic program, you know, because everybody is different and everybody will respond differently. But if you start off with um, far, far, far less carbohydrates and sugar uh, and get rid of the, any bad habits like smoking or drinking excessive alcohol, mm-hmm. you're, on, you're, you're on a big push forward. I agree. And I think, you know, some people listen to this and say, oh, my gosh, I'm so far from being anywhere close to to really healthy. And like you said, you just make some small changes. You but look at cu- you. Cutting you, you. You came from being depressed. I did. I was in a depressed state at one time. So we made it. Why can't everybody else make it? For sure. Anyone. Anyone can make it. Anybody can make anyone it. Can make I don't it. care how old you are or how bad you're off. Now, we may have destroyed some of our functions. Like if we have a arthritis where we have bone on bone, right. well, we're not going to regrow that. No, no. And we're going to have some suffering from that. Right. But we actually, you know what? All pain, itises, arthritis, come from inflammation. Mm-hmm. So paleo, low carb, low sugar, keto, 
they're all anti-inflammatory. They are. So how can we go on being healthy eating an inflammatory diet? It's a nation of inflammation. It is. It is. So, and we're going to make change. We're going to make change. Absolutely. Let's work on it every day. Sounds good. Great. Good to see you, Terry. Good to see you too, Dr. Lynn.